Hello, and welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today, we're going to be talking uh, about two movies. We're going to do a double feature. We're going to do Landline, uh, which came out a little while ago, and then we're going to talk about Logan Lucky. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're going to start with Landline. Landline is uh, a movie by obvious child writer and director Jillian Robespierre. Uh, it's her second movie, um, kind of about like this family drama. It's Jenny Slate's in it again. Um, and then sort of they find out one of their parents cheated on the other one, and then uh, they find out that there's sort of like cheating going on in their family, and they're sort of like dealing with that as a family, dealing with their own family drama. And um, I, I know you saw this probably – I saw this yesterday. You saw this like a month ago, Josh, right? Yeah. So I want, you, uh, I want you to go first and give your yeah, thoughts. So then it'll, um, it'll refresh me a little I, bit. I, I think I remember you saying you didn't like it as much as Obvious Child. Um, and I was kind of like sad because I, I like Obvious Child a lot, but I I don't know if it's because I, I don't know. I, I have I only seen Obvious Child once and that was maybe three years ago. OK. And so I, maybe this is just a little fresh in my head, but I really like this movie. I don't know if it was. Uh, like John Turturro just being delightful always <laughs> in everything that he's in or what it was. Um, but I really liked it. Uh, no, I, and I did too. I just said it wasn't obvious child, but there's no shame in not being obvious child. That, I don't, that was how I put it. It's interesting because I feel like it's a little bit more, it, it actually was like more serious than I thought it would be. And I know that's kind of how obvious child is. It's kind of this thing where i think i think obvious child is more funny than you would think it would be given what it's yeah yeah exactly um and so i guess maybe i thought this would be more like funnier but this was actually a little bit more serious i think than Mm -hmm. obvious child and maybe a topic that could probably be a little bit lighter maybe (laughs) yeah whereas the Um, other one's about abortion (laughs) yeah um but i don't know i really liked it i i I don't know if I could say it's better or worse than obvious child just because the last time i watched it was three years ago that's that's fair um but I really liked it. Jay Duplass was maybe my least favorite part about it. Um, I, I'm just not sure I bought his acting the whole time, I guess. But what did you think about him or, well, or the I, rest? Of the, the, well, the, I, like, I like him as an actor on Transparent, and I think they kind of said just be the tra- dude from Transparent, which yeah. I mean, it's, it's whatever. But I think well, that, yeah, kind of, I don't know. He's a little bit more like like straight edged in this movie. No. Maybe yeah, maybe so. I mean, he's kind of the just the safe guy that's just there, and that's kind of yeah. what they, that's what they want him to be for what she's kind of going through. My thing was, I thought maybe that like, and I and I like Jenny Slate, and I she, she can mostly do no wrong in my book. I just thought that, and I don't know if it was his fault or them. I just thought maybe that that was the one story that almost got a little bit of a short shift, short stick, if you will. I thought that, it was more. Th- uninteresting story though kind of yeah 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 it was just like oh she's kind of tired of him and wants to go mess around with some other dude she's unsure of if that's what she really wants but it was like the first opening scene of the movie is them having sex in the woods and then it's just like all of a sudden now she's like ready to go off with this other guy like i mean it seemed like they're in a pretty good place where they have the entry point for the movie and then i i I think that was maybe one of the things that i just would have wanted to be a little stronger was that i just would have been cool to see the deterioration of their relationship a little more given where the movie started them out for sure, um, and it's they, they they just throw you right in there, but it's not something that you can't like pick up on, I yeah. guess. Yeah, um, they do a pretty good job of just giving context to like everybody's character and everybody's like relationship in the family and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, I really liked it, uh, but yeah, I think the Jenny Slate, J Duplass stuff was kind of like uninteresting generally for me. Um, I like Jenny Slate; I don't think she's like boring, but. 
her character is a little bit boring for like half the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked it. I actually thought like Abby Quinn was really, really, really good. And I, I agree. Um, I just I think I just looked and she's going to be in the Bumblebee movie. And I think this was her first actual feature. And then Bumblebee will be her second movie. Dope. So it's what, her and Haley and her and Haley. So yeah. So I think some other, a couple other people. Have, I mean, I guess they've, it's all been cast. I'm just not remembering it all off the top of my head. But no, I think she'll be. I mean, and that movie's also going to be a period piece in the 80s from when I, I guess because it's the origin story of Bumblebee. But no, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because they like. Um, I think that Haley posted like some pictures on Instagram where it's like giving her like a heavy, heavy eighties haircut or whatever. So yeah, excited for that, but like, excited for that. Cause I, I also really enjoyed her in this. It's the, I mean, like you said, it's impressive for like a first really big featured performance. And, um, I think uh, some, a character going on a journey like that one was could easily be just like super stereotypical, angry teen all the time. And it doesn't yeah. feel, it doesn't feel like that. And and not even just stereotypical angry teen. Like we watch – you and I have watched so many TV shows where like the children in the TV shows are like the worst part about it or nobody ever like develops the children and they're just annoying. And this role easily could have been that I feel like. And in a lot of those movies and TVs and stuff shows it's it's like they hate their parents but there's it's not really yeah. a lot of justification for why. Yeah, they're just whereas, like, I'm a kid so I hate my parents. Whereas like here it's like the parents are pretty uh, flawed parents so it's more understandable. Yeah, yeah and, and their relationship is like – deteriorated in a way that you can understand like the disconnect between the child and the because like the parents are fighting so then the parents then they take it out on the kid and the kid takes out their life whatever whatever on uh, on the parents and, and it all makes sense the one thing i thought was that they actually and the thing is the, that she does really well is the movie and you touched on it, the movie could be really stereotypical but it really never is i feel like did, did you feel that way at all yeah, I mean, I think I think it's. Oh, I, I think the one, the one thing I think I'm enjoy about it is that like just these filmmakers in general is that it's. I think it really allows you to watch the characters deal with a lot of the consequences of their actions and process yes. how they're feeling about it. And I mean, I think other movies might just go from scene to scene and not let you dwell in the moments enough that might make you really feel what they're going through. If that makes or sense, or uncomfortable, yeah, yeah. Like other movies might just jump. Here's one crazy thing that happens. Here's another crazy thing that someone else did. Here's another crazy thing. And I mean, like while we said that the Jenny Slate character might not have been the most interesting, you definitely like spend a lot of time watching her kind of process all the shit that she's doing as it's going on and kind of same for the all, all the other did john t turk and Edie, Edie falco same thing it's like i just think that's how the, it avoids feeling too cliche both this and obvious child like that it's just their sensibilities as filmmakers is that they just they, they these moments feel more human because they allow the audience to really see what they're going through and go at a slightly slower pace maybe if that makes sense do you think that because this movie's set in like the early '90s, right? Do you like think 90, that mid ninety five? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you think that? I I don't know if they could have made this movie set in today. Well, I think the I think the name of the movie is a good reason why that might yeah. have been hard because it would have been unrealistic and the phone plays a big role in it. I mean, you could have told a similar story, but I mean, I think I think that like I, I listened to an interview that the um, director, producer, and Jenny Slate did with um, Sean Fennessy at the Ringer, and they were just like. There's there's multiple reasons. Like one, like they wanted to put characters like in face to face situations because that's just not yes. realistic if you do that today. And then two, they didn't want the scene where you're you're like broken up with someone temporarily and you're like constantly like checking Facebook and shit to like see what they're doing. Like they just didn't sure. they didn't want to go that down that route. So there's those things. And the other thing I was going to ask you as someone who is the 
um, has forgotten more about music than I will ever know. I, <laughs> I think they put a lot of thought into the soundtrack, from what I understand, and that's a way to make it feel '90s without like calling way too much attention to itself. Um, yeah. And like trying to be like, hey, look at us, '90s. We're gonna play on all your '90s nostalgia, so you'll get really excited. And like that's a more subtle way to set the vibe, I guess. And that's another thing they did, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I actually saw it. Um, I, I think I was the youngest person in the theater that uh-huh. I saw it in, well, fu- which was interesting. Well, it's funny because like I just uh, – I who, who did I just – maybe it was when I was doing the Rigsby Bear pod with Hannah. I, I saw this one at the same theater in Boca Raton, which is like old people capital of the world. And yeah. I saw the – oh, that was the other thing I was going to tell you. So I saw this, and I, I, I walk in there. I'm by myself. It's me and like 60 like white people above the age of 70 basically. Yeah. And one of them, like, at one point doesn't, uh, I guess, Allie calls Dana a cum stain or something like that. And then, like, yeah. one of the old people just walked, like, three of the old people just walked out. So yeah. it, was, it was a weird crowd to see it in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is it's set in the 90s, but it still feels fresh. And it still feels fresh in terms of, like, cinema in general. Um, and I don't know if that's just because Jillian Robespierre is good at writing or just ideas but i i don't know i was just it's it's like kind of depressing to watch but it also like makes you feel happy because it's like just something that you don't see every day in in movies i think and maybe just because we watch so many movies that just like subtle differences and subtle things that aren't just like that we see all the time it's just nice to watch well i think it ultimately helps too that it has somewhat of a a positive message um, at the end where it's like all these people are kind of going through the movie thinking they're, they don't want these people in their lives and they're kind of fighting against it to a certain extent, whether it be like Allie and her parents or uh, Dana and her husband or, and I think a lot of them do to some extent, like come back together and realize, Hey, maybe I'm better with these people in my lives. And I need to kind of accept that. Like, obviously maybe it doesn't work out quite that well for the parents, but like they've, they've reached some kind of understanding and that's clear. So, but it, it doesn't make it feel too nice and neat with a bow tie on it at the same time. And I think that feels more realistic and that's what you're saying. The movie probably achieved is just a feeling of realism. Yeah. And, and it, it makes it more relatable and not in the sense of like, Oh, you've been dating someone or you've been engaged to someone and it's like been so many years, but you're kind of bored of them. So you want to cheat, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, the idea of like I have to decide if this person is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with and this is scary and I have to make this decision, blah, blah, blah. And then you have like, you know, family – everyone has family drama, you know. So uh, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I, I might go watch Ivy Shot again. It's only like 80 minutes long or something. So it's – it's an easy watch, yeah, but for sure. I mean, they're both they're both really good movies. Yeah, and so you said you really enjoyed John Turturro. So I guess we, yes. didn't, we, we didn't we didn't talk a ton about the parent storyline, but yeah. what, what what did you like a lot about him? Just his general presence and everything. Yeah, dude, he's just he's just delightful, man. Like everything about him, his face and his just like his mannerisms. I don't know. I just really like him, uh, like as a dude, and I mean, he's kind of a scumbag, but it's it's one of those things where like. It, but it's like, but it's, he definitely is. But I think it's a testament to like his performance that you don't like totally want him to just be banished. You know, it honestly, it honestly, it's it's gonna sound like a weird comparison, but it it reminded me a lot of Insecure in the sense of like you're developing these two characters in which they're flawed, but you understand like why they make these bad decisions, and you can sort of feel empathy for them while both understanding that they're kind of like bad people. Right. No, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I think it's, I mean, the one thing I kind of said was that like, I thought maybe just with obvious child, it was such a tight story because it's so focused on her and 
and in some ways it's harder and in some ways it's easier to tell a story like that and if you tell it well then that's great and here they obviously tried to tell something more sprawling and while like maybe I said there are a couple things I could have had I I thought maybe could have been balanced out a little more like for the most part you really get into these characters and the and what they're going through and you're it's still a fairly engrossing really we said real family drama so i i definitely liked it it's just like maybe this wasn't like i said quite the height of obvious child and it's really not a bad thing it's just naturally this is these people's second production together and i was going to compare it a little bit but this is still like probably in my i think i have it like in my top 10 movies of the year so far like i it, really really good i agree yeah it would i i don't have a a running list but yeah, i yeah. have been kind of down on films in general i think this year so yeah I, it would it would probably be up there um mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, do you have anything else to, to add on this, or do you want to move on to Logan Lucky? Um, no, I think uh, I think that's about it. I mean, if I mean, uh, just uh, due to our scheduling conflicts, we got to this a little late. So, I mean, it might not be in a theater by the time y- y- y'all are listening to this. But like, uh, I think we kind of, for the most part, didn't really spoil anything. So hopefully, you, yeah, hopefully we got you excited about it. And then once it comes on demand or something like that, you'll you'll check it out because I think it's I I want people to support these people so they get to keep making more movies. Yeah, and it's 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 one of those things where it's it's like an hour and a half maybe. Uh, it's really easy to watch. There's, I, I, I know you were saying like some people walked out, but I would say there's really, besides like little children, it's kind of a movie like any audience could watch at the same time. Yeah. It might, it might have some things that are a little obscene for old people, but like it still has a story that they can appreciate if you are. And it's, and, yeah. Yeah. It's not obscene to be obscene. It's just. It's what it's trying it's, it's, to it's set in, itself it, in realism. Yeah. And it's in keeping with the characters in the movie. Like it's, yeah. 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 Um, so. I think we would both recommend seeing Landline. So now we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to talk about Logan Lucky. All right, we're back. Uh, We're going to be talking about Logan Lucky. If you guys don't know what Logan Lucky is, we wouldn't be surprised because the marketing for it has been kind of sprawling. Um, But it is the newest movie by Steven Soderbergh, uh, I think one of your favorite directors, right, Josh? He's made some of my favorite movies. uh, Okay. That's that's a better way to put it, I'd say. Yeah. um, Famously, Ocean's Eleven, Magic Mike. um, Out of of Sight. I don't know if you've ever seen Out of Sight. I I think that's a movie you'd enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's tons of movies he's made. You've definitely seen one of them. This is his newest one. Uh, he hasn't made a movie in a little bit, though, right? I I don't actually have his IMDb he, yeah, up. Yeah, he but. Re- he retired from filmmaking in 2013 after Side Effects, another really interesting movie that I don't even know how much I like, but he's just an interesting filmmaker. That came out in 2013. He retired, went and made the Nick on Cinemax for two years, and then helped get the girlfriend experience started on Showtime. And then he's like, "All right, I'll go make movies again." But he did it in this interesting way where he's controlling all the distribution, and that's why the marketing's been so weird. And He's kind of just whatever. He's, it's his return to the film industry, which he has kind of a love-hate relationship with now. Yeah. Um, so the movie stars Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, uh, Riley Keough, Katie Holmes, and Daniel Craig. And, and then and your girl Catherine Watterson has a scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually like her in this movie relative okay. to every other movie I've seen her in. <laughs> um, and it, it's basically like – a heist movie, as Soderbergh does, um, set in West Virginia. They're trying to rob the this NASCAR event. Um, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Soderbergh just wanted to make another heist movie, I guess. Um, why don't you go ahead and start, Josh? You probably – since you're, you're – you probably – Soderbergh's made movies that you, that you like a lot. Yeah, I, I, I – 
I put Ocean's Eleven without exaggeration as one of my top five favorite movies of all time, and I um, I love Magic Mike, and I uh, really like Aaron Brockovich and Out of Sight, and he has a lot of other movies that I just find interesting. And so I was, in one hand, I was super excited for this because it's like if a guy's made one of your five favorite movies of all time and it's a heist movie and then he does another one of the same genre, you're excited. But at the same time, I tempered my expectations because probably unfair to expect it to be as good as the other one. And I, it definitely wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, the movie's got like really good reviews and I'm, I guess other people maybe just had more fun with it than I did. I think when you have these ca- characters, which aren't uninteresting characters in and of themselves being played by really good actors, I just think I, it should have had a better product for a heist movie. I didn't think the heist was all that interesting. And for the, um, for just the hangout aspect of it, which I'd heard it described as by multiple critics going into it, I didn't really think there was that much hanging out in this movie that was that fun. And something like Ocean's Eleven, I mean, it is a really intricate, interesting heist, and there's a heist within the heist in that movie that's also entertaining, and there's a heist within the heist of this movie, which is just kind of dumb, And in my <laughs> opinion. And you don't actually see these guys hanging out, and you see them like, hanging out, cracking wise, making jokes the whole time in Ocean's Eleven. And I think this movie was missing both of those things. It could have just gone all in on one if it wanted to. And I I don't really know if it did either particularly well and the one thing the one caveat i will say is that i had to pee for about an hour and 30 out of the like an hour 40 out of the two hours of this movie and i don't know how much that affected my uh concentration and maybe i missed some funny clips and stuff that would make me feel different <laughs> overall but i usually am very good about not having to go to the bathroom during movies and wasn't the case here so i'm not opposed to giving it another shot down the road but my initial impression was that it was nowhere near as engaging as it should have been given the subject matter and the people involved yeah um I I think the beginning of the movie was just a little flat and it took a little bit of time sort of setting everything up. Um, I really liked – and you're right. There's really not as much hanging out as – I actually haven't really I paid attention to what people were saying yeah. about it yet. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked the relationship between Chinny Tatum and Adam Driver, mm-hmm. but we just didn't really get – that much of it i guess in terms of like because they're sort of split up for what like 60 percent of the movie right for part of the heist plan yeah so that kind of sucks because they're like the top two build guys and i really like both of them and tatum has been in some movies recently that i haven't really enjoyed his like role like hail caesar i i just didn't like the whole movie and his role was kind of dumb and then Hateful Eight, yeah. So if you if you would ever get around to watching Magic Mike, I think you'd have a new appreciation for him. Yeah, no, no, I I love Channing Tatum. Like Jupiter yeah. Ascending is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. Yeah, of course. It don't is. get don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I just and, and but the thing is, he's really good in this movie, and Adam Driver's really good. Like everybody is really good, but the movie still falls a little bit flat for me. So I think that is more on Soderbergh and whoever this mysterious person that wrote the movie is um, because like the heist is, I actually thought the heist was interesting, but sort of, I, I felt myself kind of poking holes at it a little bit in the sense of like, as soon as like these credit card machines go down and it's like, nobody's going to have cash like into in, in this day and age, like at least to me, like I don't think people would have cash like that on hand at like some kind of motor city speedway event, but that's, it's like a stupid thing, but that was stuck in my head for like half the movie. Once they like, they <laughs> that, break the that, credit card. That was machine. like an integral part of their plan. The, yeah. yeah. And it's like, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just weird for thinking that. But like the way I am and the way I know my peers are in my family, like I don't carry cash even if I go to like a baseball game or something. Yeah, I, I, do, I do. I don't know why I'm old fashioned. Like I pay for, I use my credit card for almost everything. But but like how much t- cash are you legitimately going to take to a baseball game? Well, when you I go, when I go on vacation, like I take a good amount of cash just to have it on me. Um, so like I did have a lot when I was at the baseball game. But I, I I agree with what you're saying. I think I'm an anomaly in that, and that there wouldn't just be millions of dollars of cash being thrown around if that happened. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing, right? Is is if it's going to be like that. Mm, whatever um the one th- but then counter that like the the stuff with like the cockroaches or whatever like i thought that was super cool and super unique and super interesting um when they're you know i'm talking about when they when they do the whole cockroach plan to find out like where the money's going to be going to in the vault etc cetera, etc cetera. right right i thought that was really interesting um i just i don't know i i just wanted more from the movie and then i didn't really i was kind of turned around by the the investigation part of the movie that sort of is just lingering there in the last like 30 minutes. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I, uh, the Hillary Swank character seemed like she was from out of another movie. Um, yeah. and it was just kind of weird and didn't totally fit the whole vibe. And it was like, I, I, I heard, I read somewhere that it was kind of like a, it was like Soderbergh likes having everyone get together at the end of the movie as like a thing. Sure. Um, it's like you, there's the fountain scene in oceans 11, there's stuff like that and magic Mike. And I think he wanted to, kind of force them to kind of come together and be able to celebrate beating the investigators or whatever and then have but then have Hillary Swank still kind of there on their tail I mean I don't know it, it didn't do a ton for me and it made them it just kind of extended the movie for 20 minutes more than it probably needed to in my opinion I don't know well the thing is weird because it it, it did seem like she was kind of out of a different movie but at the same time like I'm all for like weird random shit happening that's unexpected, unique, whatever. True. But it just didn't it just didn't seem to have any payoff because um you have this scene at the end when she's at the bar and it felt kind of like a like a TV episode cliffhanger, didn't it? It's sort of like Yeah. This person is still at the bar, like investigating them. Maybe she'll catch them next time, or maybe like this felt like a sort of the ending felt like a part one of a part two kind of thing. But this movie is an individual product that's not going to have a sequel or anything so it sort of didn't make sense to me um do you think they explained um the plan well enough at the end i mean it was kind of an ocean's 11 thing the way they sprung a second part of the plan that you don't actually realize is what's happening on it at the end like his yeah. whole his whole thing with like leaving the money and then uh and then getting it back after people wouldn't be getting it back to people after that like did that did that did you enjoy that twist did you think it made a lot of sense because i i kind of left myself wondering like wait why i was just kind of like confused at myself like was there actually a good reason why he left this up until they had that reveal and i was like should i have understood that there was some purpose beyond this and i don't know if it was the most well executed second part of the heist i don't know yeah i mean part of it is like he gave them some money back because they took so much money and they didn't know how much money was going to be accounted for anyway so he could give them money back and then they would think they got it back, but he could still take some, I guess. But it was that like was they, they would still know how much got stolen. No, right? they wouldn't. That was a no, 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 because they they have the interview with Hillary Swank and the the NASCAR guy. Oh, right, right. She's like, you guys just got paid. But like, how can you guys actually account for how much money was stolen? And like, oh, we can't, or whatever. We can't. Oh, right, yeah, we can't put a figure to it. Gotcha. So I think part of the plan was them just giving money back to be like. They can save oh. face, kind of, and be like, we yeah. recovered it. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. So, sort of that the so the NASCAR people wouldn't push for an investigation, kind of thing. Or I right. don't. 
I don't know, man. I mean, I'm all for like the the double twists and the backstabbing, whatever. Not, it's not even backstabbing, really, I guess. But um, I just it just didn't feel that exciting, I guess. And something like Ocean's Eleven is so much more thrilling than what we got here. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think I don't know. You said you like the heist. I mean, I like aspects of it, but it was a lot of standing around that machine watching it suck money and not a lot else going on, whereas it's much more intricate and a lot of different things go into it. And here, I guess there was the whole actually getting the machine to like stopping the machine, which is why they broke Daniel Craig out of prison. But then Daniel Craig's like, oh, no, all you have to do is like put some gummy bears and some wires in a bag and throw it in there. And it's like, why did they go through all the trouble of breaking him out of prison if he couldn't have just like told them to do that? I guess maybe well, because he wants some money too. I mean, wait. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, but like, if he's not going to tell them unless he gets a cut, but he can't guarantee right. he gets a cut unless I, he's I, there. I, I guess that makes sense. It was just like I, I, I don't know. It's, it felt like they spent a ton of time on the prison breakout, like in Ocean's Eleven, where they have to, where they have to steal the bomb that's going to put out all the electricity. Um, like that is like way, way more quick and to the point, and way funnier at the same time and entertaining. Yeah. I thought than the 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 breaking him out of prison thing just went out went on forever, and it was like, and I'm still not totally sure. I guess Adam Driver had to go to prison so he could give him more inside info on what was in the prison as to how to do it. Um, uh, I don't know if you had a good handle on why they needed him to go in there. Um, uh, they needed him to go in there so that he could. Uh... He could take Daniel Craig to the bathroom so they could leave in the shutdown scene. Oh, so he had – Because he was – because he had a job. He was like – they gave him the broom job because he like only had one arm or whatever and I don't – Yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, I don't remember because I didn't capture my interest that much for me to remember two weeks later. Right. Yeah. No, and I, I just think – I don't know. I just thought that whole thing could have been tighter and a little more um, – a little better done and I I don't know. I just think – like that, that's the thing in heist movies is a heist within the heist and that one went on for a while with not as much payoff as i would have hoped and i mean i don't know like i i i, I maybe i'm dwelling too much on things like that because a lot of people really like this movie and i i, I don't know that stuff just didn't do it for me and oceans 11 is almost perfect in my mind so it's i guess it's a little unfair to hold him to that standard because but I, I don't know. I just think they there are a lot of things here that could have just been executed differently. And but I, I mean, I did enjoy most of the performances, and that made it so it wasn't like an experience. I just was dreading sitting through bathroom issues aside. <laughs> I think that they thought the movie was funnier than it was, or they wanted it. They wanted us to laugh. Like you said, there was a lot of them standing around sucking money in, but they're like having stupid antics uh, during that whole yeah, time arm getting caught or whatever and yeah stuff like and that. daniel craig like yelling at him and the two brothers yelling at each like i think i think I, they also thought it was gonna be like oh everyone's gonna get a kick out of james bond playing a southern hick and i like i like i like no, daniel I, I, I didn't i, I didn't think sure. I, I didn't dislike it but i wasn't like i was laughing out loud just at the sight of him which is i think maybe part of what they expected you know yeah um i i just it's just one of those movies where I didn't hate watching it, but I just don't really care about it. And I want to care about it. Like the little girl was good. The storyline with her and Channing Tatum was good. Uh, Katie Holmes was good. I just, I, I don't know. And I think that's the script because like Riley Keough was really good and Adam Driver was really good, but I just didn't really care after the movie was over. No, I, I agree. And it's, I mean, it's sad, but, um, like and, and the, I think one of the obvious comparisons is to Hell or High Water, with the sort with, of with the, like, with the with the wanting to appeal over to fly over states, which as Soderbergh has put it, 
Sure. And then and then the thing that Hell of High Water does, which I'm not sure if this movie is trying to do, but it does uh, successfully for me. I don't remember what your take was it when we did the podcast, but when um when what's his face? What's the old dude's name? Fucking Jeff Bridges. Yeah, when Jeff Bridges goes to Chris Pine after like everything's happened and he's like basically like I know you did it like why did you have to like kill this dude? What like it didn't have to end this way kind of thing and they have this sort of like man-to-man like conversation even though they both know that like th- everything's over he's sort of just like you know they both agree like people didn't have to die etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um and it's sort of like the the one that got away as we've seen with like criminals and in cops before in in movies but it's such like a lighter more interesting conversation and then you have hillary swank showing up at this bar sort of similarly but it's just like She's been like so rushed into the movie, whereas you've been like you've been going through that whole struggle with Jeff Bridges and Heller High Water. Yes. So you just it means yes. a lot more. Yeah, and here it just it's she's it, it seems like it means a lot to her because they talk about like her chasing this for like well like six months or seven months or something like that, and then they're like drop the investigation, and then she goes to have a beer at their house. Um, their bar. And yeah, sorry <laughs> at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just. Again, it, it just I didn't really care. Like Riley Keough is like with Daniel Craig and Catherine Watterson is with Channing Tatum and uh, everyone's having a drink together. And I just was like, OK, like this is cool, I guess. But I just wanted I think we both just wanted more out of Soderbergh maybe. Mm-hmm. And so then maybe that's why we didn't like it as much as other people. Like I don't think I disliked the movie. No, it was just I, it was just I expect I yeah, I just have higher standards for him and um this was just uh it was just it was it was fine is all i can say and that's not what i hope to see say when i go to a steven soderbergh movie is what i'd say yeah um so i guess like do we want him to retire do we want him to make another movie no 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 he 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 gets to keep making movies he's he he's all over the map that's the thing about him is he can go from genre to genre just because he makes he's he's made in my opinion the best i mean i i haven't seen every heist film he's made my favorite heist film so i'm not gonna write him off because of this but like I I I still think it's good for people to go see this movie because I think it's cool what he's trying to do with film distribution where he's trying to uh, control that process and make it so you don't have to like get as many shitty notes from studio executives because you can just go make your own thing and don't have to answer to anyone else in the distribution process and all that. So like I think it's I think it's even important to support this movie even if I didn't really like it all that much. So he can he can do a lot of different types of things and he might just go do something different for the next one. I don't know what, but I think because he's so it's not like he's one he's not like you it's not it's not like he's ridley scott who mostly makes one kind of movie and then just kind of is now showing he's not really good at making those kind of movies you know he's just like he's just he tries different things and i i have confidence the next thing will be a different thing and interesting in its own way is he involved in the uh the the oceans eight movie that's coming out he's an executive producer on it i mean he's not like the writing or director but i mean i'm sure you I mean, I don't exactly. Executive producer can, in some ways, often mean you have a lot to say, and other things, it's yeah. just like a we give it to you to give it to you thing. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I him, him and George Clooney are both specifically executive producers. So I mean, I'm I'm excited for that movie because I like a lot of those women that are going to be in it, um, and we'll see. But that's also like a first time screenwriter, so it'll be interesting. I don't know. Okay, um, I I don't know. Like, would you recommend people go see Logan Lucky or? Uh, what would you what would you say if someone was like I'm going to see Logan Lucky tonight? Is it good? I would say let me know what you think. 
I wouldn't. I okay. wouldn't. I wouldn't discourage them. I want to know why. I would like them to tell me why they liked it and what 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 really grabbed them about it, and maybe see what what, what just worked for them that didn't work for me. I think it's an interesting thing when I'm a, a filmmaker that I'm this invested in really hits the right note for a lot of people and doesn't for me. And I think, like I said, I think it's important to support an endeavor such as this one, just from a filmmaking industry point of view. And I I wouldn't say like, it's going to be a waste of your time. Like we both, we just named stuff that we got out of it. So I'm not going to be like, wait, don't waste your time. I'll be like, yeah, go see it. Let me know what you think. Cause I have thoughts, you know, that's fair. Um, I basically, I I feel the same way. I I don't know what I would say. I, I think it would depend on the person. I could probably be like, Oh, you would like it or you wouldn't like it. Yeah. But um, it's fine. Rewatch Ocean's Eleven it's, if you're if you're at home and you want to watch a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think that's about all we have to say about that. Uh, Josh, where can we find you on social media? Uh, it's Josh Jernavoy, J O S H J U R N O V O Y. I'm at a clambake on Twitter, a k l e m b a k e. Our podcast Twitter is fifty two and fifty two pod. Podcast email is fifty two and fifty two pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.